0: you're listening to the blair list
1: podcast what's up guys welcome back to a brand new episode of the blair list podcast i'm so excited i'm here at hgab studios i'm with my friend paul vecchione who is a senior producer and partner at star media
0: what's up hey
1: hey We've been talking about doing this for a really long time, so I'm glad that it finally came into fruition. Paul and I know each other because we've worked together on video projects for Grey Goose, and he's extremely talented and just one of the most positive, genuine people that I have had the pleasure of knowing. Oh, man. Thank you. And you have so much experience that I'm excited to highlight anyone who's a creative, whether you're into videography, photography, production, working with large brands, and really just the mechanics behind it. This conversation is gonna be really, really useful for you and your journey, and I'm excited to jump into it.
0: Yeah, me too, excited to be here.
1: (laughs) So on this podcast, we like to start at the beginning. Where are you from and what did you wanna be when you grew up?
0: Oh man, big question. I, I grew up all over the place when I was a kid. I was born in California, lived in Texas, Las Vegas, Oregon, grew up in Hilton Head Island, and I went all over the place, and I always just wanted to be a professional soccer player. That was my dream for the longest time.
1: Well, that segues into my next question, which is, talk to me a little bit about how sports influenced your life and your career.
0: Yeah, it, it, they kind of had an intersection that was unexpected. Uh, we, me and my brother were both athletes all the way through college. Actually, Jason, our other partner, is an athlete as well in college, and Um, It wasn't what we originally sought out to do in production and there was just this collision of sports and content that eventually came out and uh, we were able to kind of focus on the emotion and context behind sports and then apply that to to filming it and, and production and there was this happy marriage that grew and that was originally how Star Media grew in the beginning days.
1: So for people who don't know, can you explain in a few words what Star Media is and what kind of services you provide? Yeah,
0: definitely. Star Media is, uh, we consider ourselves like a boutique production agency. Um, We kind of do everything, uh, conception to completion um, in the production world for commercial content. We've done documentaries, um, you name it, TV stuff. So it's kind of whatever clients need. That's what we do. We consider ourselves like customer service in production, basically. Love
1: that. And we're going to get into all of the cool projects that you've worked on, all of the brands that you've worked with. But I want to know a little bit more about, you know, growing up and and how you eventually got into the production world, because you were a soccer player in college.
0: I was a soccer player and I studied business (laughs) and man I, I i chased the suit and tie job out of college i actually worked for the government for several years after oh wow college. yeah right Plot by twist. the white house yeah i was a <laughs> suit and tie. i was an analyst uh, for gsa and uh did that for years and and then you know star media started to grow and i was doing it all on the side on the side and it was kind of like that moment where i was like hey you know my brother's like if we're gonna do this you know let's do it together let's keep it going and i jumped in and took the plunge into entrepreneurship and it's been a wild ride that's for sure <laughs>
1: So for people who listen to this podcast, a majority of them really focus on having that balance or finding that balance between their nine to five and their side hustle. And the art of the side hustle is really just like, it fascinates me because I've been there, but also I get a lot of questions from people about, you know, how do you balance having a full-time job, but also your passion projects, and then eventually turning that project into your full-time job. So what would you say you learned the most from doing that, you know, juggle between a full-time job and your side hustle?
0: I think it goes back to that famous, like you hear all the sports athletes talk about it, the trust, the process. And I, and I think that's it. I think if you're doing something you're passionate about, like you are and you're chasing it and you really want to get it done, like you're going to get it done. And eventually that passion and drive for what you're doing on the side just takes over it's just going to take over i think what your whatever is in the way you know it's mm-hmm. not in the way cuz it's helping you grow but whatever you're doing that's not that side hustle if that side hustle is really what you want to do i just think in the natural evolution of your drive as being an entrepreneur eventually that just takes over and whether it's exactly what that side hustle is i just think that that drive takes you somewhere special and and you start something i think that's just how it happens
1: what would you say to your younger self if you were going through a rough patch you know, trying to keep that fire alive, trying to really stay focused and be driven, but, you know, obviously being stressed out and managing a lot of things.
0: Oh, man, just not be afraid of the failure. Just do it. Um, Always trust the team. I think something beautiful about what we've grown over the years in business is just the team. It's all the people around us that make us amazing and make the team amazing. And it's about finding all these amazing characters and bringing them together. And without that team, you know, we're nothing you know, and I think that's the whole industry as a whole too.
1: So true. I think that as an entrepreneur, when you're so wrapped up in what you're doing, you tend to have like some control issues yeah. because you want to just manage the process, manage the outcome. Every and there's, a, there's it, like yeah. a little bit of fear with hiring teams and outsourcing and expanding. There's a little bit of like, no one's going to do it the way I'm going to do it. So why am I going to hire a team? Why don't I just like drive myself into the ground and do everything? And I feel like there comes a point in every entrepreneur's life where they realize, okay, if I want to grow, this is not sustainable. You have
0: to. Yeah. It's not even a choice.
1: It's not a choice. And I think when you're looking to expand your team, you know, what are some qualities that you look for? In, in someone that is interested in working with you.
0: Yeah, and I think there's two parts to that. I think I think to answer your question, I think we look for really special people who are loyal and have the same drive and passion. Um, when we see people loyal on set, I mean, that's just amazing. People that show up day in, day out, work extra hours, put in the effort, are, are part of your mission, which is just to deliver the best thing for the customer, right, at all costs. Um, I think we look for people like that.
1: I think that um, what I love about working with you and your team is that everyone is super positive. We've been in some like really high stress situations, which we'll get into, but you know, with production, everything is constantly changing. So having a team in your specific situation, you need someone who is positive, on their A game, you know, keeps going, doesn't accept failure. They're resourceful hundred percent, trying to find a solution for everything.
0: We always say we're like the Navy seals of production. Like you guys really are, you have to have mm-hmm. that mentality. You have to trust. That goes back to that trust thing. We we're talking about in loyalty. You got trust that that person next to you. Like mm-hmm. you said, handing off the business. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Handing off the business to people and giving more responsibility to people. It's, it's all trust. You know and and you work with these people and you go through these battles like you said these crazy situations literally a battlefield it's a battlefield and when you get through on the other side you trust that guy and i know or the guy girl whoever you're with and when you go through that battle i look over i'm like i know she's gonna she's gonna handle it so i know it's good and those are the people that stick around and that's what gives you that confidence to grow and the other thing i was going to say is you're also in control of how quickly you expand right you don't have to bring out a ton of people and expand what you're doing. You know, It's about taking your time. I think we were really slow in building out our full-time team in the beginning and like making sure it was the right people and who, who could help push us in the right direction and challenge us internally. And I think that takes time. So it's a, it's all a process.
1: Definitely takes time. You've lived in a bunch of places. So talk to me about how living in New York City specifically really influenced your work ethic.
0: Oh, man, it is a city that never sleeps. Everyone jokes about that, but it's true. It's so true. Um, I tell you, one of the craziest things I always tell people is in New York, you're never working hard enough. And when I would get up at 3.30 in the morning for a shoot, you know, you may be, you know, you're not tweeting it out to the world, but you give yourself a little pat on the back. I'm getting up early, going to work. And I'll tell you what, you walk out on the street at 3.45 a.m. to go to your shoot. And there's a lot of people up and there's a lot of people working and already in their trucks and doing, and you're like, wow, I, these people Hmm. got up way before me, you know? Yeah. No matter how early you get up, no matter how late you work, there's always someone else working and you're just like, it's just this drive that just burns. And that's why New York's tiring for a lot of people because it never stops. It never stops. Even now there's less people. There's no tourists, but it's just every day. It's still just going, you know?
1: Yeah, I think a quote, I think it was Jay Z who said this. Um, it was definitely an artist, but I think it was Jay Z and he he said that, you know, if you're not at the studio, there's someone outworking you right now. Yeah. It depend it all comes down to how badly you really want it. Because 100%. it's very much like mind over matter. You know, your mind is tired, you don't want to get out of bed, it's three o'clock in the morning. Yep. But your drive is what gets you out of bed. Yep your drive is what allows you to push through and have 16 hour work days and then yeah. go home, go to sleep and do it all over again until you wrap.
0: Who was it that just had that quote that said, if this pandemic bring, didn't bring the hustle out of you, then you don't have a hustle.
1: So true. You know, it's crazy. I saw that also. And I was like, there are so many people who have lost their jobs. And obviously, you know, there are some people who were unable to, you know, get new jobs and different things like that. But when it comes down to the hustle, if you're faced in a situation like we all are and it didn't bring something out of you, like drive, Mm -hmm. drive to find a new job or, you know, trying to go into a new lane or start a new, start a new job in a new industry. Like that's really, um, what I, what I love about that quote is that, you know, you either have the fire or you don't.
0: That's it. That's it.
1: And it's pretty crazy because you don't realize that you have the fire sometimes until you're put in situations where like, you got to keep warm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's you got to find the fire. Shine. It's time to shine. Right. That's funny.
1: So you have worked with a lot of major brands and companies. Yeah. Tommy Hilfiger, the different marathons, yeah. Grey Goose, not to toot my own horn or anything. And I want to know like how you went from... Being a production company that, you know, is hustling and doing whatever you got to do to get to where you got to be and then sort of crossing over into that corporate world. It's a different world. It's a totally different world. The budgets are bigger. Mm -hmm. The turnarounds are tighter. A lot of pressure. The pressure is much higher. Mm -hmm. Your work is seen on a much larger scale. How did you really get there? And what was that experience like?
0: I think the key was never changing our mindset. I think from the beginning, we I think that came from that athletic background of that competitive mentality where, like we just talked about, you're going to work harder, you're going to hustle harder. If someone's going to get up early, I'm going to get up earlier. And that competition in our mindset and our day-to-day just transferred right into this. And um, I, I think part of the success came from probably never changing the vision, which was just deliver what the clients are going to be happy with deliver customer service, right? Take the time to do whatever it takes to get the right team in place to make sure that the client's happy. And that's, you know, we're, we're in customer service. It just happens to do production, right? That's just, it happens to be what we do. But our whole goal is to take your needs, interpret them, and then make it happen. And that's, and it's a, that simple formula. It's not simple, but like, that's always been the goal, whether it was the small projects in the beginning or these like huge commercials that just have more moving parts but if you boil it down to the the very base of what we're trying to do it's make the client happy right just give them what they're looking for help them bring their vision to life
1: mm-hmm. how was it working with tommy hilfiger and what were the projects that you worked on with him oh man really excited we did everything <laughs> with
0: tommy we did internal stuff social stuff we did the fashion shows all over the world um we did little interviews he needed to do we went out to his house you know it was it was crazy we got in with it was an amazing team at tommy Way too many people to name, but just an amazing team over there. And uh, we just grew, and it was a family. And we just did one thing and met the other team. It just grew over the years, and we did so much fun stuff with all the athletes they worked with, and Nadal, and Lewis Hamilton, and Gigi, and yeah. Zendaya. is was crazy.
1: Was there one project in particular that you really loved working with them on?
0: Oh, man. If you had to choose? The fashion shows were a lot of fun. They were just so crazy. Was and it like- New
1: York Fashion Week?
0: Oh, uh, we did all of them. We did, we did Shanghai. We wow. did um, in Italy. We did all over London. Um, it was crazy. They went out in L.A. He rented like a huge plane and flew all the models from New York on the plane to L.A. for the show. On like he rented out like a seven forty seven. It was crazy.
1: How many models were there?
0: Thirty uh, something. Oh it my was god! Crazy. That's Bella insane. Bella Hadid was on there, and they had the music on the plane it was like insane, and they were partying. It was crazy. And of course I was just in there filming.
1: <laughs> you're like, this is my normal job. It was crazy.
0: It was really crazy.
1: What do you think you learned from that experience of, you know, traveling all over the world with this brand and needing to deliver consistent work, you know, cause when, mm-hmm. when you get in with a brand and you become close with them and you're their go-to, you really have to keep that momentum up. Yeah. A lot of people mess up by slacking once they have that in. And yeah. I think that the reason why you guys are so successful is because you continue to apply the pressure. So what do you think you learned from, you know, not only working with Tommy, but traveling all over the world and, and, you know, working on huge projects. Was there anything in particular that stands out to you?
0: Um, Trust the team always goes back to the team, bring the team. We, we traveled people from all over the world and kept bringing If They, if they crushed it at a show, you know, we, we flew them to China for the next one, you know, trust the team. If he nailed that shot of that, lead model you know gg making the turn and it looked epic and amazing and he was pulling focus shallow focus on a, a prime you know you're like that guy's got it like let's keep him around and you know and it was just kind of that that dynamic in general i think and then i think just being flexible i think you, production you know something's going to go wrong you're not sure when it's going to happen <laughs> or what it is or what you're missing or what's going to break but like it's just about being flexible and finding the fun in the, in the puzzle of what it is. Production is just this crazy puzzle that you just have to solve and react to and do it with a smile. Right.
1: Right. Everything with a smile. Yeah. Talk to me about your projects with the marathons. I know that we briefly talked about it, but I was super inspired and I had no idea that you even did this. And it kind of, kind of goes all the way back to your, um, your sports history yeah it's kind of meant to be so talk that to me was about that, that was
0: one of the first major clients that my brother got for star media way back in the day was new york road Runners that does the new york city marathon and we started with small projects and over the years it grew and grew and we did a show for broadcast for them and then it grew into just basically doing like the production arm of the of uh of the marathon which mm-hmm. was you know filming it getting all the commercial content for the commercials for the next year and all the beauty shots and covering the pros and stuff and the, the car with the gyro on the front, getting the capture of the course capture for the expo next year. It was just, it just grew into this huge production. It was, it was amazing. Another amazing family that we spent a lot of time with.
1: And then you ended up doing the other marathons, right? So yeah, that so was, which uh, cities did you do?
0: That was Abbott world marathon majors, which is another client that came out of that. And that basically, those are the, that's the major marathons. That's the championships. That's boston that's chicago new york berlin london tokyo right it's the it's, those are the major marathons and we'd go cover those for content for abbott and it was it was really cool to travel the world and see how different they are how different the people who run a marathon in tokyo are and how similar they are but also crazy they wear crazy outfits there you know and in berlin it's really serious i feel like you know yeah, and it's just cool to see. It was an amazing experience.
1: What did that environment teach you? Since you're in, you know, such a highly competitive marathons, or you know, people train for months and months and months for these marathons yeah. all across the world, and they take them very seriously. Very seriously. Was there like something that you learned from from looking at all of these people competing? It's inspiring.
0: It's inspiring. And when you're out there getting up at 3 a.m. to go out there to film a marathon, you're tired some days. It's freezing out there in the marathon, or raining in Berlin, and like. You realize you're getting to do something you love, you know, around all these people who are trying to push themselves, maybe the hardest thing they've ever done in their life, you know, and it's inspiring. It makes you realize you're really lucky to be there in that position. Anybody in the world could be capturing that content, but it's it's on you and you're in that moment and you get to provide these people with visuals for their dreams. It's sometimes really inspiring.
1: So you have been, you've traveled a lot. A lot. With, with production. Uh, things are different now with COVID. very different. And, you know, you still gotta get the projects done, still gotta wrap things up. How has traveling and working in production during COVID and the pandemic affected your work?
0: Uh, It's just added a whole new wrinkle to an already crazy complicated Mm -hmm. process, right? It's a crazy process where people are trying to, you know, we work on these shoots where it's like six different locations we're on right now. That's like 16 locations all over the country. Some of them are at the same time. How do you make this puzzle happen? And then on top of that, how do you also be really safe now and get everyone tested and coordinate the testing sites in all the different cities and make sure people are getting tested before they're there? And then, of course, whoever you're interviewing is probably really important. So then you got to get tested before the interviews. And it's just this whole other wrinkle that just something to figure out. Right. It's almost a whole nother position. And a lot of the big commercial sets, it literally is another position. You know, you have the COVID coordinator who's like in charge of making all this happen and We'll you see have how a COVID stays.
1: coordinator? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's COVID oh, coordinators wow.
0: on set, and, you know, take pictures of everything and change masks every couple hours. It's like there's a ton, a ton of rules that you follow. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And it, the rules change on depending on location. They're always
0: changing every location. I mean, that's the job in itself is looking up. We were just talking about today. We have a shoot somewhere. We're like, what are the travel restrictions there? Like, can we get there? Do we have to do it? Do we have to fire, hire a team in London to fly in? You know, how, who can get there? How do we How do we make it happen, right? Yeah. They don't want to hear all the BS. We just want to come clean and say, yeah. hey, we figured it out. Right. right. That's the goal.
1: Right. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a production that you worked on for Grey Goose last summer, which yeah, we won't go into too many details because top secret, top secret. But there was a lot of coordination and having to go from one country to the next things were shutting down while you were there. Cause that was about a yep. year ago yep. it was crazy. and it's when COVID was first beginning and you guys had to like go out of a different country, right?
0: Yep. And it it, was, and in
1: through another one and
0: drive pick up all yes. the equipment and drive it across like five countries. It's crazy. It's That's crazy, insane. but you just got to get it done. Just got
1: to roll it's with totally the punches. It's totally possible.
0: You just got to figure it out. Yeah.
1: It's very much like an athlete's mentality. I'm yeah. noticing yeah, you take like that with mentality. you. Like just, it's oh, game seven. Like always. let's go.
0: Every day is game seven. Every day is game seven. And like seven. you said, that going back to that quote you said where if you're not in the studio, someone else is, you know how many people are creating content? I think it's amazing, by the way. But there's a ton of people. We're not like some savant. We weren't born with some like extra gene that makes us <laughs> amazing at production, right? Right. We're just willing to work really, really hard and and do whatever it takes, no matter what it takes to deliver that's what we're going to take, you know, eat the cost, whatever it is, just make sure the client's happy. And that's, that's it. That's all, that's all it boils down to.
1: It all boils down to hard work. What, what's the line that says like talent beats hard work when hard work beats talent or something like that? I think so. I don't know. It's something like that. <laughs>
0: There's the Floyd Mayweather hard work dedication, right?
1: I don't know that terrible,
0: one. That's terrible, but <laughs> hard work dedication. That's it. Work hard, be dedicated to what you're doing. And then you, like I said, you boil it down. Sometimes it's, kind of simple.
1: I know it's pretty crazy. What do you think is the most challenging and the most rewarding part of working in production?
0: Oh man, the challenging part is, is that puzzle I was talking about. It's just the nonstop changing environment. Every project different, every project has different challenges. You never know what's going to happen. Um, and the travel is hard. You know, sometimes if you have loved ones, I have a wife, you know, you're traveling a lot. Um, that can be hard. The rewarding part, is, is at the end when you see something that you know you put six months of your life into planning and getting all the people in the right place and people passed their COVID tests and you got <laughs> there and, you, and you're there and when you're sitting in your desk alone and you get to watch that thing, not even on Instagram, you're on some review page and you just watch it. And I think it's that moment where you're like, wow, I had a part of that, right? Just a small part, right? There was a huge team, but like I was a part of building this like beautiful thing. And sometimes I think that's really satisfying.
1: Yeah, I totally feel that. And I think that... People who don't work in production, you know, everyone sees the end result. No one sees the blood, sweat, and tears that go into it. Because I've worked on several production sets, but you've worked on a thousand more and in different countries and stuff like that. So I can only imagine the, you know, strategizing that goes behind every decision, especially when things start to go wrong because things do go wrong in production always, always, always. without a doubt. Yeah, so I think that, you know, there are a lot of challenges, but I agree with you. Once you see that finished project, you're like, we did that.
0: Yeah, that's really satisfying. It
1: is. What do you wish people knew about production that they don't currently know? Oh,
0: man. I, I think it goes back to what you were just talking about. I don't think people realize what go into a 15-second tree. We we did a huge shoot here in Miami for uh, for a rosé company. Um, you can use it if you want floor de Prairie, and it was amazing. It was beautiful. And I got served the other day and it was like, it might've been one of those like six second little bumper ads, you know? And it was beautiful. I I think it's a beautiful job. DP did a beautiful job, Jordan. And I watched it and I was like, man, I was like six seconds. And that, that was, you know, five months of my life of planning and finding the perfect location that had the sun. I was scouting locations, which way the sun goes, (laughs) you know? And like, and then you see it there just that six seconds and it goes on. And I'm like, sun was just right (laughs) and uh, i don't know i don't think people realize how much planning goes into finding that shot where the people sitting and the sun's the right way and it happens to be a location that faces the right way and has enough trees but not too much you know oh my god it's crazy there's a lot that goes into it and then you know very well the brand guidelines are crazy every brand has so much and as it should but like so much has gone into figuring out what works for them what looks the best you know and then just trying to adhere to those it's exciting
1: It is exciting. Yeah. And I think that it it kind of forces you to be creative and to think as creatively as possible within the parameters that you have. Yeah. And I think that that's what really rules out someone who's successful in production and who's not because you could be really good at production. But if you're not flexible in the way that you do things or not flexible, you know, changing to each brand that you work with. It's difficult to grow, yeah, because you have to figure out. Okay, we have these new parameters, these new guidelines. It's not like A plus B equals C for every brand. It's not a cookie cutter situation. No, you really have to like tailor each strategy and pitch deck. Oh my gosh, and that's part of pre-production deck. Yeah, definitely. I think that you know it's survival of the fittest though when it comes to it because yeah. i know people who are really good in production but then when it comes to being flexible and you know working with brands and doing all these things they become way less yeah uh, malleable they're very like rough in their ways and
0: i think that that goes back to that question of what what evolved uh, the success of whatever we're doing if you call it success just staying alive in the game right yeah. it's success i think um i don't know i think that i think that's a big part of it
1: yeah could you tell me who was the coolest celebrity you worked with oh
0: man coolest and by coolest celebrity. i mean like
1: nicest
0: i always tell this story it was not a huge encounter but I filmed sean mendez for the uh, oh you told me this yeah, yes tell it to the for people the, for the met gala he was so <laughs> nice he's a he really seems
1: guy. really nice i saw his documentary i'm like he's a good guy he's like a really nice guy
0: a lot of people have all these huge teams and stuff you know but he answers the door in his underwear. He's a he's a nice guy. He's funny. He was just being a jokester. He's he's a funny guy. Really nice.
1: So did you film something for him for the Met?
0: Yeah, that was for Met Guy. He was dressed by Tommy. Oh okay. When he cool. went with uh Haley. Bieber that year
1: oh yes i yeah. remember they both were dressed by tommy yeah yeah they I both looked amazing her, yeah yeah he actually moved down to miami yeah i've seen that. some people uh, spot him my I best know.
0: friend tom brady just moved down here. oh that's yeah. my best friend too oh, yeah. we should do dinner at oh, his house
1: yeah, <laughs> <so>. celebratory <laughs> dinner Indian you know freak. yeah exactly <laughs> just right down the street yeah exactly <laughs> It's so funny. So for those who don't know, Paul recently moved here with his wife. Shout out Lauren Yeah. from New York to Miami. He's a Miami guy now. Yeah. He's like looking at boats. My He's trying to be out on the Miami. water. Yeah. She is. So you have to adapt. And you guys are like really the two nicest people ever. And, I and I think that, um, You know, your wife is also very creative. She used to work for Manolo Blahnik and Sarah Jessica Parker. And, you know, we got to get her on the podcast soon, too. 100%. Yeah, I think that um, what would you say is like one of the benefits of, being married to someone who's equally as creative as you. Do you guys like bounce ideas off of each other?
0: 100 percent Lauren's helped and binds. She loves to jump in. She's found outfits for actresses. You oh know? my God,
1: love her. Um
0: and I think it's bigger than that. I think it's having a champion. I think it's having someone that is your cheerleader. Um when you're you like you said it's 3 a.m. You're having a little time with Tim getting out of bed. It's that person that's like, come on, you got this. Like I know how hard you can work. Like I know you said you're tired, but you could do it, you know? And sometimes Mm -hmm. having that extra little push, like, you know what? She's probably right. I probably can't do this. (laughs) You're like, yeah,
1: I actually can do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that um, it's important in relationships, you know, friendships, being married, everything. It's important to have people who, you know, have your best interests at heart. Yeah. Especially if they're creative and she can help out with styling. Right. Okay. She's done that. She's you have done that. a wife and a stylist all in one. She's and a certified she good taste. COVID
0: officer. She's done that. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. She you got can get certified. certified. Yeah. COVID compliance officer. It's no like a way. set position. Yeah. She got certified. Wow. So yeah. you can
1: like bring her along any shoots that she needs yeah, to help out. Yeah, yeah. She
0: can do it. She's all certified. <laughs>
1: oh, that's amazing what advice would you give to any creative wanting to start their own venture
0: Mm, big question um go for it trust yourself um take the leap i was scared when i when i made the big leap to come into star media and join my brother full time it was a it was a big pay cut a lot of uncertainty you know it was just us at that time sky's the limit as always, right? You can go as big as you want, but it's going to take hard work and it's a lot of uncertainty and I had a very secure job, you know, government. And it was like, man, do I take this leap? And one of the best decisions I've ever made. So definitely go for it. Do what you're thinking you want to do. Trust yourself. Trust the process. You know, I think there's a lot to be said for that.
1: Yeah. What do you think? Because I know being a creative in general, like we can be really hard on ourselves, especially when we work in product oriented fields where you're producing a video or social media or whatever it is, you know, you can be really hard on yourself to be perfect in all of your work mm-hmm. and, you know, really hold yourself to a high standard. So what do you tell yourself when, you know, you feel like giving up?
0: Oh man, you got, you got to just keep going. You got to just keep going. Um, giving up I don't think is ever an option. Like we just never even, it's never even on the table is like an option. Um, we just keep pushing, like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a successful ground or some level that you can reach. And I think we just always push for that.
1: Yeah. I think that's really important. I think that a lot of people that I know are really talented and they tried out different things and they ended up not going with it because they didn't have that mentality. And I think that it's really just mind over matter. Everything 100%. is just mind over matter. If you believe that you can do something, and like, maybe you can't nine times out of 10, you're going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. You're going to figure out a way to solve the problem.
0: And like I said, it might not always be what you think you're originally going after. You might be trying to tackle this big thing and somewhere in there, if you're really passionate about it, you're going to find that, that thing, whatever that is. And that's going to take you where you need it to be.
1: It kind of also goes back to your like whole thing about trusting the process because yeah. Where you started is very different than where you are now. hundred percent. And you've had so many incredible opportunities along the way to travel all over the world and work with these brands and do all of these things that you probably didn't think that you could do because you wanted to play soccer. Yeah, I would have never thought that was possible.
0: And I made films in college for fun. I made little funny videos with like my track team. Uh, I, I don't think the idea of making a living off of making content ever crossed my mind as like an option, honestly. I was a business major, you know, I wanted to work in finance, suit and tie. I thought if you were going to be successful, you needed to have a suit and tie on every day. You know, I, I really had that mentality coming out of college, and it was a crazy switch on my reality over the last 10 years of like, wow, you can you can do whatever you want, right? There's successes in so many different forms, and you can do anything you want. If you're willing to work really hard and be dedicated to it and and really do it, you can do anything you want
1: so what inspires you
0: oh, a lot of people my brother his work ethic inspires me I think that's another thing you know when you're standing next to my brother and Jason and these people who you know it's a competition who can work harder who put in more hours you know um probably goes back to my mom she raised my brother and I by herself and like Sometimes I I realize things in life are hard, and you're like, man, I'm doing this, and I have my my wife and all this support or family, and she did all this stuff alone. And sometimes, whenever I'm like, oh, this is getting tough, I'm like, I don't even know how she literally did it on her own. So, like, if she figured it out, I got to be able to figure it out. You know, you have those little Sorry. like heroes, probably.
1: Yeah, that's so nice. I think that it also boils down to the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. Because you can be as motivated and driven as the next person. But if you're around people who aren't supporting you yeah. and, you know, in your corner, it can be really difficult.
0: Yeah. And that, that concept of like the team is everything. That's more than just my business. Right. You take that, you expand that circle out one layer. Then you go to my team of like my, my people, my family, my, my friends that are my team. Right. And those people are really important to my everyday success, being my cheerleader, You know pushing me challenging me and those are really important people and those are all amazing people as well right and they're all they're all part of making you know me successful as a person right they're all they all play together the team the team is everything
1: Mm. switching back to the business side you know a question that i get a lot from creatives especially on instagram is how do you figure out what to charge and you know we don't have to discuss numbers but Are there any resources that you can give to the Blair List listeners of where maybe they could look when they're first starting out and they don't really know what to charge? Because I know a lot of creatives that undersell themselves and undercharge. How do you get to that point where you feel comfortable, you know, with a specific ballpark?
0: Yeah, I think it's tough. I think it depends on what role you're doing. And I think, you know, whatever role you're doing, I think you got to just ask around the industry and find a baseline for what people are doing. Um, don't undersell your worth, but don't oversell it, you know. Don't think you're going to become a sound engineer and mm-hmm. come in and charge the same rate as someone who's been doing it 18 years, you know. I think it's kind of a feel process. I think you have to figure out what people make, adjust it for your experience level, and then... And then charge something. And don't, like I said, don't undersell yourself, right? No one's going to, you know, you're making X amount per day and then you want to make Y. No one's going to be like, hey, I know you asked for X, but let me invite you up to Y, right? You just have to do that. And after you're, you know, a sound guy for for two years and you feel like you're really good and you got the equipment and you're in your stride, like, now charge Y, right? Mm-hmm. And if they want X, then they can go find someone that's that because now you're Y, mm-hmm. right? And you just have to you have to step yourself up. No one's gonna invite you to that next level. No one's gonna take you from being a PA to a production coordinator. No, there's no invitations, right? Mm-hmm. It's that hard work world. This is a freelancer world, right? Who, who wants it more? And one day you have to wake up and say, well, now I've been doing this for so long, I'm an AC, right? That's what I'm charging now. I'm, I'm an assistant camera. I'm not a PA or whatever anymore, you know? And I think people just have to not undersell themselves Put in the work, not expect to be paid just because they decide that's what they are. Put in the work. And then once you get to that level, charge for it and and move yourself up. You have to give yourself promotions in this kind of industry. So there's not true. some boss that's sitting there. It's like, well, I see you being <laughs> a sound guy for five years. Come on over here and join the C-suite team. You know, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. You give yourself, you got to be realistic and give yourself a raise. Hey, I charged X. Damn it, my pictures are really good. Now I'm charging Y, and if they don't want it, they can go find X. Right? It's real simple. Yeah. And if you trust yourself and you hold on that Y, don't waver. Right? Give give them that Y price. That's my price. You want me? That's my price. Sometimes you can maybe apply a discount, but remind remind them that that's the price. Right? Because that is your price. A lot of time when you're doing this stuff, it's not very complicated. Production is is tough as small margins. Right? Because there's not there's there's nothing to really fluff. You know, you're hiring a guy, he costs this much a day, you charge back the client, like, you know, it's not like you're charging 10x what the guy charges for the day, right? There's industry standards. So it's just kind of like find the industry, figure out what level you're at, and then charge, be confident in, in, in your work.
1: That's great advice. It's funny, I was having a conversation today with a friend of mine, and they were telling me how important it is to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And how, just like you mentioned, no one's going to fight for you if you don't fight for you. No one. And I think that it's really important to reiterate that because in environments, you know, in work environments, you can get very um, caught up in your own head. Yeah. And comparing yourself, especially with this comparison culture that we have with social media. It's terrible. It's really difficult to know your worth, stick to your worth. And stand up for yourself, and I think people are really scared to stand up for themselves nowadays. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I've just noticed in you know different environments that I've been in over the past few years. That no one's going to give you a handout. No, no one's going to tell you like you just said, "Hey, you're doing a great job. Why don't you just uh, why don't you get promoted?"
0: Yeah, no, who's going to do that? No. You
1: have to claw your way yeah. to the top and be like, "Hey, I would like this promotion. This is what I'm going to do." And you know, when people don't believe in you or they don't believe in your ability, it actually fuels me 10 times harder. Yeah. When someone doubts me and tells me like, oh, well, do you think that's really, you think that's really the right fit? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to do it. And then it's that
0: (laughs) fit and to make it even more difficult, there's that fine line of like, really do that. And then also no ego. Don't let that ego come into the way, right? Because that'll get in the way real quick of success, I think, right? keep the ego out of it be your own cheerleader but there's no ego right you remember what you're doing it for remember that it, it's the customer or mind you're in a you're in a services industry
1: mm-hmm. right Custom. remember your why
0: you remember that you know yeah
1: yeah i think that's also really important so another conversation that i had was uh some so i was talking to someone and they were telling me that the number one thing in their life that they tell themselves is to remember why they do things. Yeah. You know, we were talking about like making a lifestyle change and how we wanted to be healthier for the new year. And, and they were telling me that the only thing that has helped them stay with their goals is that they have a why. And every time they want to give up, every time they want to quit, every time they want to like eat that dessert when they know they're trying to eat healthier, they just go back to their why. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to suffer a little bit without this, you know, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you have a reason because if you're doing things just to do them, who's holding you accountable? Yeah. no one. It's so easy to just like retract backwards. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think that um, it's important to really to really do that. So, you know, you travel a lot. How do you keep a work life balance? You're newly married. Yeah. Just bought a house. Yeah. starting a new chapter in your life and you're busy as ever yeah crazy busy how do you keep that work-life balance
0: um i think we try and hold each other accountable and do a really good job of doing big pushes like sometimes we'll go we're about to do 30 days in a row or whatever you know and we'll take turns like all all you know my 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 brother will miss a shift and i'll go through and you just kind of push you kind of overlap and support each other as you get through the crazy schedules and realize that there's going to be really hard on times and then make sure you take time to be off and just take time to be off and trust that there's other people that can, that can do it. That goes back to that original thing, you know, Mm -hmm. trust that you can, you can take that day off. There's going to be someone else in your team that you developed. Right. Um, and if you don't have a team yet and you're, you know, you're, you're grinding it up, just take the time, you know, like it's, it's, it's a balance. Like we said, you know, like you said, the Jay-Z thing in the studio, like, sure. You might miss that day in the studio, but if you've been grinding for 30 days, that one day off is just as important as that day that you might miss in the studio, right? If you're taking that one day for mental health or take a couple days off, family, you know, it's all a balance because they're all important. That's just, then you're just moving to that outer layer of the other team. You can't, but you can't abandon any side of the coin really.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy because I think that when you are naturally driven, like we are, we can really get like lost in the sauce of just like, Being goal oriented, getting to where you want to be, you know, being hard on yourself if you're not meeting your expectations that you set for yourself. You know, I think that especially now when we're all working from home, it's really difficult to have that work life balance. Yeah. Because I mean, my laptop is with me all the all the time. All the time. And my desk is right there. And when I'm home at like nine thirty at night and I remember, oh, I forgot I have to do this email. I have to do something. I'm on my laptop and like I was Sending emails in like eleven thirty last night. Yep. yep. Apologies after, to whoever it, I was emailing. And then, this, and
0: then the Slack thing pops up or whatever, and you're like, "Well, I'm here." Like a hundred percent.
1: And I think that you know I've been having a lot of conversations re- lately with people who are who are really successful and and a lot older than I am, and they say that their key to success and to being you know living that sustained energy lifestyle with work is that they take time off. Yeah and they prioritize their families and they prioritize their, their days off. And when they're taking a day off of work, they're really taking a day off of work. Yeah, you have to. They're turning their phone off. They're not communicating, not answering emails. And I think that that's so important because we can really tend to feel like guilty almost that we're not doing enough. When in reality you look back and you're doing like way too much,
0: a lot, a lot right? That's that hustle.
1: I used to go a hundred percent when I first started at Grey Goose, you know, I joined at a really crazy time when we were launching live victoriously and I, you know, pre pandemic, I was traveling once a week for work. I was living at the airports. I started recognizing like people who worked there and <laughs> I was an adver- guy. Yeah. And then like advertisements, like the girl at Starbucks who worked at JFK. I'm like, Oh my God, I just saw her last week. Like, I hope she doesn't recognize yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, it was fun in theory, but in reality, I didn't take one day off for almost an entire year. And I didn't even realize because I was so like in it and I was you know working my ass off because i a had so much to do and b i felt like you know i needed to prove myself and at the end of the year my body literally just shut down yeah and yeah. i like couldn't get out of bed i did not leave my bed for like days at a time because i was so exhausted and that was a huge learning lesson to me that you're not a machine no you need rest. Everyone needs to sleep, and I definitely was not sleeping enough. And you you have to take time out to recharge. Yeah. Because if you don't recharge, you're never gonna you're not gonna never gonna have energy again. And not to bring
0: it back to the athletics, but it's the same thing. Those people that train, no matter what your sport is, your Lebron, your, your rest days rests. are just as important as how on you are. Right? You're never fully resting. I'm sure while they're on the ice bath, they're looking at plays, but like. The rest is so important. It's just as important, if not more important, than the actual training sometimes, right?
1: So true. Whether you're training for a marathon or you're just trying to get through the workday. You gotta
0: take care of yourself. You have
1: to take care of yourself. And I think that prioritizing self-care is something that I've really learned a lot about, especially during COVID and the pandemic and quarantining. You know, The first few months were really rough for everyone. And I think that the one thing that I took from that was to really prioritize self-care, whatever that means for you. If that's turning your phone on, do not disturb and like going for a long drive or, you know, going bike riding or picking up a hobby or just not even doing anything and just sitting outside.
0: Look at the crazy stuff that's happening in the sports world with like Kyrie who just like, Took days off, and there's this whole new conversation happening with professional athletes. So like, just because he's a professional athlete, and he's supposed to perform every Thursday, like sometimes he just needs to take a day off. Because
1: I don't think I heard that. You he didn't what? hear about that. He no. just
0: like he paid the fines and just like missed some games, and just he just wanted to be with his family. And he just he just said he needed a mental health day. He needed to not be an NBA superstar for for a day. You know? Wow, I didn't and, know that. And just take a break, and he paid the fines and. I support and it, was, it. it was kind of this conversation of like, you know, these people are entertainers, but they also need a day off, a break from it sometimes. And is that okay? Like, isn't is no, he you're just a super person? superhuman. You know?
1: I know it's kind of crazy. Like, when you work with celebrities and athletes and stuff and you're really up close with them, you realize that they're just normal people. Just a dune. And it's just, it's difficult because they have way more pressure on them. Yeah. Way more eyes on them.
0: Insurmountable pressure. Sometimes I think it's hard I, to even yeah in context how much pressure
1: 100 and i i watched the justin bieber documentary mm-hmm. on youtube and it was something that i just like was bored and lurking and i'm like yeah let's see what this is all about right love justin love justin loved his album and it was like the doc that went with his album so yeah, i'm like yeah, i gotta yeah. watch it now Yeah. um it made me feel so bad for him it's because tough. he had so many chemical imbalances from just like the serotonin and dopamine rushes that you get from being on stage and having millions of people scream in your face oh, for oh hours at a time I
0: literally can't even imagine to
1: going to a room of pure silence yeah and him having to do that like 300 shows in a row, traveling everywhere, you know, probably getting sick along the way because- Who to
0: trust, Who who's a, really a fan or who right. really is a friend. Like
1: People are screwing you over. You know, he also was like dabbling in drugs, which didn't help. But I think that, you know, the cool part about the documentary is that he was super open about everything. Yeah, And he had his like um, neurologist was interviewed on the documentary and they were talking about like chemically- how him exposing himself to all of these different things, how he has like years worth of damage where he's now like a 60 year old mentally, Jeez. even though he's like 26 yeah, or something, he's, so young. he's super young. And he has aged himself dramatically because of the stimulus that he was, you know, subjecting himself to yeah. all because he's an entertainer. Yeah. Right. And he, he would, was driven by the money and the fame and all these things that you naturally get caught up in when you're like, 14 and yeah. you get access to all of this stuff immediately. And I think that like that really stuck with me because now when I look at entertainers and different people and I just, I just kind of feel bad a little bit right? because yeah. they, they really put themselves out there, but the return is really, uh, really yeah. low. And
0: just like you and I, you work real hard. You're like, man, I just need a day off. I just need to be oh away from God. this. And then they get all this flack for taking time off. And it's like, well, they're just like you and I. Sometimes they just need a little time off. Yeah, you know, it's I not didn't. all about the fans.
1: You know, they also right. got. You're care like of it's themselves. about the fans, but to an extent, they got to take care of themselves. hundred like, percent. I didn't. The worst part is that he has to pay money. He has to pay a fine because he didn't like.
0: I get. I mean, well, you, it's in your contract. You uh, can't, you can't just like not show up to games. Like, you cannot play if you're. Do you know injured. how much it is? I don't know. It's
1: probably something no,
0: crazy. No, nah, probably nothing compared to what he makes, but. Maybe. Because
1: um, that, w- that would suck if he had to suck, like pay but a But I think lot it was to- just
0: eating the fine. I mean, it was just whatever it was to him, it was just worth it. I'm going to go do this and take this time and like.
1: Prioritize that's your what mental I need health. To do, 100%. And
0: the game will be It's there. crazy.
1: Yeah. And you know athletes, especially NBA players, like being subjected to the bubble and like all of these things, like, yes, they're, you know, super successful and people put them on a pedestal, but Think about what that does to you mentally.
0: Yeah, and they're not all superstars, by the the way. Yeah, well, no. uh, Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of guys on those teams people wouldn't recognize in the the street, and are just putting in a ton of freaking work every day, living in this bubble, going through this mental toughness. You know,
1: so true. And they're just like in the background. They're in the background. In four four part of the teams,
0: You know, no
1: one in, no one out. You're playing basketball every day. You're doing what you got to do. Now the season's like changed up because of it. Yeah. And I think, like, the moral of the story is to just really prioritize yourself as much as you prioritize your work. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, your work is going to suffer.
0: 100%.
1: And you're never going to reach the potential that you think you're going to reach by just, like, being burnt out.
0: Yeah. By the time you get to the starting line, you're not. You're 100%.
1: And I think, like, people learn that the hard way. Don't wait until your body shuts down or you get super sick or you your body's telling you like you need to relax yeah you should do it a little bit for yourself every single day something little you know if it's like meditating or listening to a podcast or journaling or whatever it is like taking a bubble bath that's great advice i think that it's important to prioritize at least you know 20 minutes a day do something for yourself
0: yeah take a minute to just breathe just breathe just just stop don't look at instagram don't worry about who's traveling where you know yeah be here in that moment, right? You have the present, you have the, the past, and then you have your imagination in front of you. But sometimes it's just like, just focus on right here.
1: You know. I feel like that's the perfect way to end the podcast.
0: Yeah, there you go. Focus that was on the inspiring. present. Here we
1: are. <laughs> I'm going to have that on loop to myself <laughs> every day where I'm like, all right, what am I going to do for 20 minutes? <laughs> there you go. Just take a minute. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, this was a lot you. of fun. This was a lot of fun. I hope that if you listen to this you were inspired in one way or another to go after your goals also rest but also go after your goals get after them and i will see you next week on a brand new episode of the Blairless podcast next wednesday at 5 p.m bye